thank you so much. I apologize. I could not get in, but I kept trying, and perseverance pays off. My name is Linda F. Like Frank, and I am a recovering low-bottom compulsive overeater. And I like to start out with the set-aside prayer because it always blesses me and seems to each meeting that I've been in. So if you don't mind, let's go to prayer. Dear God, we invite you into this room to guide and direct each of us as we seek your truth. Set aside within each of us anything that would block us. Lay aside our prejudices about what we think we know about ourselves, our disease of COE, this meeting, the steps, and our spiritual condition. Remove our fears that we may hear your truth through the members of this group. Give us the strength and courage to share your truth with each other in a real spirit of love and compassion for our fellow man. Amen. We ask that you may openly have a truly open mind. Uh, this is part of the set-aside prayers. Motto is to have that openness. And I've always heard that how you get well is H for honesty, O for openness, and W for willingness. And boy, has that been true for me. I'd like to start off and say that my higher power is God through Jesus Christ. But of course, in this fellowship, you have your own higher power. And I respect and honor each and every one of those. So if you hear me mention mine, please just accept that that's just for me and what works for me. What works for you is what's going to work. Each of our recoveries are unique because we're unique. I'd like to start off and say that I didn't always start out as a compulsive overeater. In my childhood and teens, I was anorexic. I had troubles eating and with my weight. And I felt the only way to overcome that was to starve myself to death. However, let me say, I'll just put it in a pretty little package. I'm not going to get it out today. But it came from a lot of sexual abuse, molestation, incest, rape as a child, and physical abuse. And then there was abandonment by my natural father. So self-loathing was very easy for me. And I remember even as a child practicing my death speech in the mirror while other girls were playing baby dolls and putting on makeup. I was practicing a suicide speech or a death speech because I dearly hated life that much. And I remember thinking, will life ever change? And it did. I found my thing, which was singing. So off to Vegas I went for 18 years where my name was up in lights in every hotel and casino. I was the number one singer, voted 18 years in Vegas. But I didn't know I needed to be a model and wear ball gowns and stiletto heels. I thought I just had to sing. So the weight was always an issue, and it always was a problem. And the only way I knew how to overcome it was through liquid shakes and starvation. Anorexia was actually my first eating disorder. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I've learned. If you turn that rain stick upside down, you still hear beautiful rain, but it's still the same stick. And it's the same way for compulsive overeating and anorexia. I contacted Legionnaire's disease and pneumonia and was hospitalized 
for months at a time and barely escaped it. It's a very rare disease, even more rare than the coronavirus. And I also had blood clots on my lungs and many lung surgeries. So you can imagine what happened to my singing career and my health. It went straight down the tubes, so to speak. And at the same time, my father, my dad, my, uh, I guess you would call him my stepdad, but I never did because he was truly my dad. But he was passing away at the time, and it worked out that as he passed away, I moved to Georgia to be with my mother because what I had in Vegas was gone because my lung capacity was also gone. And I'll never forget one night my mom said, so are you going to eat that rabbit food with me or do you want to have this delicious country fried American meal? And with one thought, like the big book says, I went from an anorexic to a compulsive overeater and celebrated every meal of my life that I had missed because my name was no longer in lights. No one in the town knew me. The ball gowns and stilettos were packed away. I was in a wheelchair and on oxygen, and off went the dreams. And I took it as a death sentence again, back to the self-loathing and practicing the death speech and just awaited for my death. But it didn't come. But boy, did the pounds come on. With all the steroids and just laying in a hospital bed to die, I celebrated a round-the-world buffet 24-7. And one day it hit me, is God not going to take me home? Is this really what I'm doing? So I thought, that's it. This is not fun anymore. Because my mom asked me at 2 o'clock in the morning, why are you asking that, Linda? Well, what I just asked her was, what would you like for supper tomorrow? How about lunch? How about breakfast? What would you like? And she's like, Linda, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Why are you thinking about tomorrow's food? And it hit me that that's all that was on my mind was food. And I had truly become a low-bottom compulsive overeater and had put on so much weight, I was unrecognizable to even myself. So I figured I'd just be anorexic. I couldn't fast breakfast, nor lunch, nor supper, nor the next day. And I just about gave up again. And I thought, no, God's got me. I've got to do something and turn to God. So I started counting calories and, quote, unquote, lost some weight and began to get some self-discipline and listen to some preachers and teachers and encouragement and started writing down my own gratitude list. Because gratitude is the balm, it's the salve, it's the actual medication, Step 11 tells us, for all emotional distress. And boy, did I have a lot of emotional distress. So I started having some victory. And then lo and behold, it was my birthday, and I counted calories and allowed myself that American birthday, but very rigidly, I was being quote-unquote good. And so my sister said, Will you come to an OA meeting with me tonight? And I said, what? I just had blank and blank and blank on my birthday and just maxed out my calories. I don't want to go, go to OA. They say that you can never have sugar or flour there. I can't see my life with a life without sugar or flour. She said, that's no longer the case. Well, you know how big sisters are. She talked me right into it. So off on my birthday that night, I went to my first ever OA meeting where I thought I was in some sort of spiritual magic room where women 
of great weight, not like myself. I was much greater in weight, but people that had compulsive overeating were telling me how if they worked steps one, two, and three and admitted they were powerless over food, that their lives had become unmanageable and surrendered their will, food, and sugar to God, that they would be free. I thought, where in the world am I at? I thought I had to diet and exercise like a crazy person, and I didn't stand much chance of the exercise at all. In a wheelchair, in a hospital bed, on oxygen. Not a lot of exercise when you don't have breath. But when I heard what they said in this OA room, I had tears of hopefulness again. And I said, no way. And they said, yes, you just have to be willing and not try. Because if you're willing, it's a state of great humility. We're trying is great confusion. Willingness implies you don't know how, but you're willing to learn. Trying is condemnation and that you're struggling with it and you condemn yourself. Willingness is acceptance. Trying is condemnation. And boy, had I been trying and trying. And trying places the responsibility on you. Where being willing places the responsibility on God or your higher power. Willingness is in sense a prayer to God. Where trying is separation from God and done in your own power and of your flesh. If you're willing to be open, you will receive it. If you're trying, you're closed to guidance. This spiritual principle set me free. And off I went and found myself a sponsor, a big book, and started working the steps and regaining my life and regaining my freedom. I couldn't believe what was possible as I daily prayed steps one, two, and three. God, I admit I'm powerless over food, over sugar. My life's become unmanageable. I believe that you alone, God, can restore me to sanity. So right now, I surrender my will, food, sugar, my weight, my entire life to you and say thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, that's how I pray. You pray to your higher power, please. But the freedom came with my honesty, openness, and willingness. The weight started falling off and that was releasing. Not as fast as it came on. I don't know that principle. I'm not a scientist or God. But the weight started falling off. The miracle started coming. And I couldn't believe it as I worked the steps. And I lived in steps one, two, and three. And daily said, thy will be done many times a day every time I was tempted. I even at first set a placemat at my table with plate, fork, and a spoon and imagine God there. Would I serve him that food? Would I serve him that much? And I ate in a God-honoring way, healthy foods and healthy times in healthy amounts. And I got free of the obsession. Page 64 in the big book is still the reason why I'm alive today, where it says resentments is the number one offender. From them stem all forms of sickness. For not only have we been mentally and physically ill, we've been spiritually sick. But once the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out both mentally and physically. 
That's new. That's when I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was in the rooms of OA and giving me personally a chance to live. Because I didn't stand a chance at going to the gym every day or having a personal trainer and doing what I did before, which was bicycling twice a day to exhaustion, to where I even had an IV in my neck from anorexia nervosa and had to seek a counselor and court-ordered because I was to the point of death with anorexia. Now here I am, ballooned up as a compulsive overeater and faced death. And I couldn't get on the bike. I couldn't get the needle in the neck. But I was going to die just the same from heart disease, from all the complications of super morbid obesity, how I disdain and don't like those words. They're so painful. But you know what? They're my truth. That's how I lived. And one pound, one day, one moment, one bite at a time, God intervened and allowed me to live. You know, my sister that brought me into the room, she passed away in relapse. She was a meeting leader, and she died in relapse at supermorbid obesity, heart disease, a COPD event, but morbid obesity was on the death certificate, and it's so painful. Then my cousin died that was in a weight-releasing nursing home to get help, and instead she gained weight in that nursing home and died. And then we have two girls in our Christian OA room that also passed away, one this last year and one the year before. It's a killer. We don't take it seriously. I, I can't say we. I apologize. I hadn't taken it seriously enough. But I realize as I've released 267 pounds, and still have a lot more to go. You see, I had almost eaten myself to death, but now I'm eating myself to live. One day, one meal, one bite at a time, with God, all things are possible. And if it's possible for me, it's possible for you. Yes, I live in steps one, two, and three, and surrendered. I do also. Uh, live in my 10, 11, and 12 and do my nightly inventory before God and admit all of my flaws and ask for forgiveness from people and from God and keep my slate and side of the street clean. Yes, and I love to pray and meditate. I'm sure you can tell that. And then giving service, that is what truly gets me out of bed every day. I went from being dying on that deathbed to becoming a Christian counselor. As a result of helping people, I went to college, back to college in my health at my age. I have my bachelor's. I'm working on my master's. And service is what gets me out of bed every day to be a sponsor, to be a counselor. Uh, I had just recently in February contacted COVID on top of the Legionnaires and nearly lost my life, and I've had so many health complications since. And living on a prayer is how I was introduced as a speaker in one of the meetings. And you know I do live on a prayer. And one day at a time, just like my food, I count on God for my breath one day at a time. I've had about five comas 
in the last three months. And God has woken me up each time. And I guess it's so I could be here. So you could hear what I'm saying today. That like me, if God will do this for me, and he did, he will do it for you. These 12 steps provide miracle after miracle. And I am working on continuing to receive mine. And I am praying for you as well that you will also receive your miracle of healing as you work the 12 steps and stay free from your food addiction to maintain a healthy body weight. Abstinence is very possible and attainable in the room because we have the dynamite of recovery. We have freedom from compulsive overeating, food and sugar addiction, and it's spiritual, emotional, and physical recovery. And it's a result of living the 12-step program. And we only get anything like freedom and the excess weight as we consistently daily work steps one, two, and three. We're required to work those first three steps daily to achieve freedom. You can pray them, read them, write them, journal them, recite them, whatever it takes for you and myself to take spiritual action. Action is required to surrender your will and over to the care of God. And many times, say, thy way be done, thy will be done. It's the only way to be able to be in a fit spiritual condition by working the 12 steps and using the nine tools. No matter what, if we're surrendering to God, one, two, and three is our soul, and we live in the solution. I live in the promise and the solution, and it's wonderful to know that there's freedom available. When it was a death sentence, now it's freedom. Freedom. All things are possible with God, and he will set you free as he has set me free. If you do what I did, you'll get what I got, because I went in those rooms. That's what I wanted. I wanted what they had so badly that I will. So I pray for your willingness to work the first three steps every day, staying in conscious contact with God or your higher power, living one day at a time, enjoying life one moment at a time. That is what it takes. And gratitude is the other spiritual principle that really helps me. I continue to write a gratitude journal. I got a dare from someone I know. Uh, there's a book actually out by Ann Voskamp, A Thousand Gifts, where she dares you in the book to write a thousand things that you're thankful for. And that has helped me stay alive, is to keep thinking on whatsoever things are pure and lovely and noble and praiseworthy instead of all the deep, dark, negative, self-loathing, selfish, angry, whatever my character defects were reared up. Instead of living in them, to live in gratitude. That has changed my life and changed my outlook. If I can every day just wake up and say, thank you, God, for breath. Thank you for life. Thank you for my children, my home. That's how I start my day. Right after 
I do steps one, two, and three. I go into gratitude to God for the things I'm grateful and owe him for. I owe him my life, and I'm going to continue to thank him. No matter what state I'm in, in want or plenty, I am still blessed. I'm very blessed. And I am so humbled to be able to come here and tell you today that this is available for you as well. And I, I thank you. And my name is Linda F. I'm going to give you my phone number. It's 423-280-4233. I'm in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. I do prefer a text first because I get many calls and sometimes I'm resting and I will need you to text me so I'll be able to get back with you. But I will get back with you. It's important. Service is important. So let's all work together. Together we get better. Together we get stronger. And it's amazing community that has also helped me. I can't get well in isolation. Isolation is deadly for the addict. But community, when my arms are down, you can hold them up. When your arms are down, I can hold them up. And I just want to thank you and end this with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I thank you for allowing me to be of service today, and you're of great service to me. May God richly bless you in your recovery, and wherever you're at, reach out and keep coming back. Meeting makers make it. I want you to make it. We can't afford to lose anyone else. Life is so precious. If I could talk to my sister just one more time, It'd be a different conversation. So I want you to make it. Keep coming back, sister, brother. Let's get better together. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Linda. Just one second. Moderator, we can't hear you, dear. Well, she told me to hold on, so I'm still here. This is Linda, the speaker, so moderator. If you would, please come back. We're waiting for you. And if I have a question, 
my question for you today will be, what will it take for you to be willing to live in your surrendered life? What do you need to be willing to give up? And what do you need to be willing to do for your app? This is Kathy T. Can you hear me now? Hello? Yes, we can hear you. We can hear you now. Okay. Okay, Thank good. You. Sure. Um, let me see if I still need to turn off the